This is the Savvy Social Podcast, a show for entrepreneurs, business owners, creatives, and marketers looking for the how and the why of social media marketing. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and my goal is to help you create connections and build community by keeping social media simple and fun with a focus on helping you making your difference in the world. Now, this podcast is brought to you by Traject Social, which is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. You can try them out for yourself for free by going to trajectsocial.com or you can click the link in my show notes. And the links in this show are always at onlinedre.com. And for this episode, you'll go to onlinedre.com slash 102. So yeah, episode 102. Welcome, welcome. Today's special guest is Christy Cooper. Christy is a designer and a creative strategist behind Cooper and Hart Creative, where she works with service and education-focused business owners to help them uplevel their brands by creating sales pages, websites, and branding they love so that they can feel confident and connect with their people and make more sales. Now, Christy is actually a member of the Savvy Social School, so it was really interesting to dive into her uh, process, how she has used social media to build her business, um, and then also her approach to design. So what she um, thinks about creating social media designs, she has these four principles of creating designs that sell. I think you guys really like that one. And we talk a little bit about what to look for when hiring a designer. And caveat, I asked her a little bit selfishly because at the time I was just hiring our wonderful designer in-house. Her name is Amanda Schoolfield. I'm really happy that she's on the team. Um, So get some insights on how you can hire a designer to help you with your business and your social media designs as well. All right, let's dive into this interview with Christy Cooper. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Yes, I'm super excited to chat with you. I originally um, met you in a summit, I believe, and then you became a member of the Savvy Social School, which is so fun. Yes, it is. But I want to start at the beginning of your business journey um, and becoming a graphic designer. So what prompted you to start building that business? Yeah, um, so I've been a designer for... 20 years or more. I started when I was a teenager. So, and that's all I've done my entire life. So I worked at a print shop. I went to school for it, university. Um, I worked at a design agency for nearly 12 years. Um, but as I was working at that agency, I, I got burnt out um, of the work that we were doing. You know, it was some of the clients were draining, the deadlines were draining. I managed design work and print production. So I dealt with vendors and things. Um, and that was probably around the time when my first daughter was born too. And so I think I was just going through the changes and like, there's got to be something better out there. Right. So I started looking, you know, what can I do to work from home? Um, and I stumbled upon something that was like, you can, you can totally just freelance, you know? So I started freelancing on the side. Um, and I did that for a couple years until, my second child was born and then it was like time to take the leap and go full time in my business. Um, and that was a little over a year ago. So she's almost a year and a half. So 
uh, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like such a great journey. And I think a lot of the listeners on the show will relate to something like that, being that um, the opportunity kind of presented itself because of life circumstances and you took it. I know for myself, I would have never started a business had I not moved to another country. So I'm originally from the US, I now live in Canada. And with that move, I could wait until I got my permanent residency basically working visa and then apply for another job or I could start working virtually because I technically am you know still a U.S. citizen um so you know life circumstances they present themselves we take advantage of it which is awesome yeah it worked out you know it's always scary at first because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know if it's going to take off or you know if it's going to work out but so far it's working out um and I'm really grateful for it because I get to work with people I really love to serve and you know, I get to control the kind of projects I do. And I just, it's just been a lot better, particularly for my mental health and like everything. Um, and, you know, I get to see my kids a lot more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's talk a little bit about how social media plays in a role in your business, because I know that you started off posting on Facebook a lot and doing Facebook lives, uh, but something changed in that process where you started focusing on groups. So can you tell us a little bit about the decisions you made in the early days and what inspired you to kind of reposition to that newer strategy? Yeah, I think I was probably doing what a lot of people do in the beginning. And I was like, oh, this person probably, I heard it on a podcast or something, you know, someone says you should get do Facebook lives and that's the way to get people. And so I had my Facebook page with like, you know, I probably had like, 40 people who liked it, you know, it was like not very many. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do Facebook lives. I'm going to talk about design, you know? And of course I didn't really get any views. My dad watched, you know, it's like <laughs> commented, my mom watched, uh, my husband, but you know, so after a while I was like, and I was also, I was also in Facebook groups, but I wasn't really, I wasn't really networking so much at that point. And so I just kind of like, well, I tried the video thing. I tried the posting thing. I'm just going to kind of pause on that. And I just kind of posted things every once in a while to my page. So if people found it, they would find things. But I just really shifted to just participating in Facebook groups, you know, talking to people, you know, and that, that led to joining like masterminds or little pods, you know, and then you just kind of build relationships that way. Um, and that's kind of how, that's kind of how I've, I've built my business is kind of, finding people that to connect with virtually. Um, and then I kind of shifted to Instagram, you know, and I do that on Instagram too. I, I do post more content now. Um, I still don't do lives. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's like the pressure of doing a video like on the spot. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll do stories and I'll, I do posts and I, I share the same post to my Facebook page, but um, mostly that's where my content is right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you with the live. Sometimes it can be intimidating to come up with content on the spot. Um, but so I want to talk a little bit about the, this networking because um, a lot of us struggle with this. And I think it's because of how social media is, right? When we log on, all of these platforms are encouraging us to post something. But what I'm hearing you say is you actually found more value in the connection, not so much the posting, but the connection. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about Let's say you found someone on Instagram that you think would be a great connection for you. What's your process for kind of letting them know that you exist? Yeah. Um, so 
if I see if it's if they posted something that I relate to, and I, I think you tell people to do this in, in social school, you know, I'll just comment, you know, naturally related to their topic, you know, I'll like their posts, I'll watch their stories, you know, and I respond to stories. Um, and so, and sometimes then they'll follow me back. Sometimes I follow them, you know, it kind of works that way. I've had some DM conversations just based on, you know, commenting on someone's post or story. Um, yeah. And it's just a way to kind of, organically start to build a network a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so important to highlight that because it is a lot like just connecting with someone as you would in real life, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about design and how design and social media work together. Um, I know that there are a lot of people listening and they may understand the value of designs, but maybe struggling how to transfer those designs into social media posts or into their social media marketing plans. So can you tell us a little bit about how design and social media work together? Yeah. Um, So I kind of think of social media and design. I think of design as usually it's usually a graphic that you're posting and and the caption that goes along with it. Um, It could also be your video, but you're not really designing videos, you know, (laughs) but, um, but I always think of those social media posts as something that is often like that first impression that you're making to people. Cause most people either they've connected with you in person or through referral or they're finding you online. And usually that's social media um, unless you're running a lot of ads or something, but so I always think of it that like, this is your best foot forward. This is the thing that represents your business. This is the thing that needs to connect with the core of your business and your brand and how that carries through when they take that next step from a social media post to, you know, a landing page, opt-in page, sales page, website, whatever you're leading them to. Um, and so it's just really important to make sure, well, that it's consistent in it doesn't have to be, so a lot of people think consistent means it has to look the same and it doesn't have to look the same. It just has to have the same vibe of your brand throughout all of your touch points through your target audience. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I think that sometimes when we approach it, we go to a tool like canva.com and they've got all of these great designs. How do we make sure that those designs have the same vibe of our brand or that those designs um, kind of emulate the same things? What are some of the things that we should look for when we're kind of creating our social media designs? So I always think about the brand's personality. So if Your brand is like upbeat, cheerful, inspirational, you know, that kind of vibe to it. You want to make sure that that carries through from your website, graphics and branding all the way through to your social media posts. And, you know, social media, it depending on your strategy, I mean, it could be more casual and you have more photos and things. Um, But if you're doing like more, what I would say, formal graphics on social media, you want to make sure that those tie in with your overall personality of your brand, whatever that might be. Like if you're a more formal brand, maybe you're like a lawyer or something, you're going to have something that's a little more serious. And just because you need to convey that like credibility factor, right? You don't want a lawyer that's all like, Hey, I'm all happy and and, and like upbeat. And here's an inspirational, inspirational quote. You don't find most lawyers do that. Um, You know, it just kind of depends on what you're trying to convey to your target people. 
Yeah. So when we're looking at creating some of these designs, how do we know if we've made one that's actually effective versus something that just looks pretty? So meaning we created a design that that actually encourages our, our people to take action versus going, oh, that's nice and like moving on. What are some of the things that we should look for um, to kind of make sure those differences are, are apparent? Yeah. I like to talk about um, four principles of design that sells. Um, and the, the first one is attractive, like design that sells is attractive. And that's the one that most people think about. Does it look good? Does it look professional? Does it convey trustworthiness? Do, do, do the people I'm trying to reach like this look that I'm presenting to them? Um, and then the second one principle is design that sells is compelling. So that's where you're t- kind of taking it up a little bit. You're trying to stand out from the competition or the surrounding feed. Um, and not in like a way that's disconnected from your brand, but in a way that represents you. So when people see you over and over, they associate that look with your brand. Um, and also along those lines, compelling can be the right emotional tone, um, which is kind of goes back to what I was talking about. Like, is it more upbeat? Is it more formal? You know, what kind of emotions are you trying to convey? Um, and then the other two things often relate more to the content, but design itself is clear. So it's really clear what the next step is. It's clear what the end goal is. It's clear um, what you're talking about, you know, in your, in your caption, um, you know, what you're talking about. And then you also want it to be easy. So you want to make sure that your call to action doesn't have any like roadblocks to it. Like, I don't know how many times I've, someone's shared an Instagram, like, a blog post or something and I like link in bio and then I go and click the link in the bio and then there's no blog post link or there's like 20 links and I'm like, where do I go (laughs) to find this blog post? And then I'm gone, right? So that's a missed opportunity. So you just want to make sure you're making it as easy as possible for people to make that next step. Oh yeah, I'm all about easy. Like make it as crystal clear as possible. Don't assume anything. Um, I love that because a good rule of thumb is, you know, if somebody's looking at this post for the very first time, they've never seen any of your content before, they should get it. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if I told this on the podcast before, but I had someone follow me recently on Instagram and like the name, they like titled themselves something so bizarre that I was like, I don't understand what this is. Um, <laughs> I think it was something like, um, abundance attraction coach or something like that. And I was like, what does that mean? And yeah. as I was looking through their profiles, like, oh, they're a financial advisor. And so oh. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Like that when they say abundance, they're talking about money and attraction. They're bringing in more money. Okay, I get it. But I think sometimes we think of these like cute things that are cute mm-hmm. and not effective. So I love that you use that example. Yeah, you, you definitely want to err on the side of clear versus cute. <laughs> so like it's, it's most important to be clear because people have very very short attention spans. And if they don't understand something, they'll just move on. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let's talk a little bit about that moment when we know we need to hire someone to help us with our design. So maybe we've been doing ourselves for a while and it's not cutting it and we want to hire someone to help. What are some of the things we should look for when we're looking at hiring a designer like you? So you probably want to look for someone, as a designer, you're probably looking for someone that has a portfolio of work that has something along the lines of what you're looking for visually. So I tend to be a designer that uses a lot more color, um, I tend to be more clean, you know, but I'm not, 
I'm not typically like a muted neutrals kind of designer, like a minimalist muted neutrals. Like I can do it because I'm professionally trained, but it's not what I naturally go to. So you probably want to look at their portfolio, make sure that you like what they have in your portfolio. Not that your stuff will look exactly like it, but you want to have that, you want to, you want to like what they already produce. Um, you want to, you want to look at what their experience is and what, um, what their previous clients say, you know, you want to look at testimonials, reviews, case studies, um, that kind of stuff. And you want to get on a phone call with them and just make sure that you vibe because you'll be working back and forth. You want to make sure your communication styles are the same um, or workable and um, along those lines. Um, yeah. And that, that's where I would go from there. Yeah. I think that's such important value for any um, job that you're looking to hire, which is great. Um, so look at kind of their portfolio, see what's up, take a look at their um, testimonials, see what other people say, and then see if you like working with them. I think that's often a missed uh opportunity for a lot of us uh, because, you know, if you don't like working with someone, it's not going to be a fun experience. Yeah. Um, And I say that about social media a lot. Like if if you log into LinkedIn and you go, I hate this, I'm never logging in again, then you're probably not going to do it. Even if I told you, you should be on there. So you kind of have to figure out what works for you and what, what you like. Yes. Um, awesome. All right. So as we end the episode, I want to talk about your freebie called Maximize, which is um, for conversion. So it's an assessment tool for sales pages. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So if you are creating a sales page or you have an existing sales page and you're looking to improve it um, and increase those conversions based on design and content, um, it's basically an assessment guide Um, checklist where you can go through and you can look at the different points and compare your page to those points and see what you need to improve upon. So it's a, it's the same assessment that I would do if I was giving a professional assessment to someone for their sales page. Um, That's juicy. All right. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And if anyone's interested in connecting with you further, whether it's your website or your social, go ahead and give yourself a little shout out for that. Yes. So my website is cooperandheart.com and you can find me on Instagram usually at cooperandheart. Um, and it's the same on Facebook, though so I'm not really active on my Facebook page. <laughs> You'll find me in groups. <laughs> there you go. And if you're in the Savvy Social School, tag Christy in our Facebook group and let her know how much you enjoyed this episode and we can continue the conversation there. Thank you so much, Christy, for joining us on the show today. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Wasn't that awesome? I really liked Christie's four principles of designs that sell. I mean, I can take that and apply it over and over again to social media, to lead magnets, and all of the above. So I hope that you learned some things in this episode as well. And hey, if you love it, go ahead and subscribe and rate and review. That's how more people find the show and we can have more awesome community members just like you. If you're looking for links that we mentioned in this episode, head on over to onlinedre.com slash 102. That's onlinedre.com slash 102. And you can find all of the links that we mentioned, as well as Christy's freebie about maximizing your design. All right, next week, we have a solo episode. I am going to hop on the mic and talk all about Facebook groups. It's a question we get a lot. Should I even start a Facebook group? So make sure you tune in next week for that episode. I'll see you then. Bye for now.